Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. We are excited today. We have another powerful show. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. And now I'm going to send it over to my virtual friend, Mike Rez. Good day to you, sir. How are you? We are good. Powerful day. The sun is shining in the great state of Minnesota. Yeah. What happened? We went from cloudy crap weather to this beautiful sunny day which uh is allowing everybody to get some yard work done yeah it's the old cliche uh if you don't like the weather in minnesota wait a minute it'll change yeah quite literally the last couple of weeks what the heck was that all yeah, about sun and snowing snow and <laughs> rain powerful yeah we got a powerful show today we're gonna review a couple of movies we got a beer review we have song of the day god it's gonna be good yeah, now you had a theme. You picked the movies this week, and you 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 themed it up. Yes, the theme today is dirty, for two reasons. Mm. We're all cooped up in our our bunkers and our barns, so we're dirty. We're either horny dirty or we're just filthy dirty because we haven't showered. Either way, we're dirty. Wasn't it National Horny Day last week? Was it? One one of the days last week, I think, it was like National Horny Day or something. So it was yeah. quite uh, quite the good timing you had for this theme. Well, this podcast is a powerful aphrodisiac. I don't know if you it's knew true. that. Well, I, I kind of knew that. You know, I, I think I've been hanging out, you know, we're trapped in the bunker. I, I think I'm playing Call of Duty too much. Why is that? I was, I was playing Call of Duty, and I look out the window across the street, and there's kids on the deck, and I'm like, yeah, I could take them. <laughs> I could take them from here. <laughs> take the shot. <laughs> take it. Oh, man. So you are influenced by video games. Oh my God. I've been rocking, <laughs> were- I've been rocking the call of duty. Say, <laughs> so did you ever have the, the grand theft auto effect where after a few weeks of that, where you're driving around and going, I could totally crash this car into that car. I'd walk away just fine. Yeah. I, I haven't played call of duty. I mean, uh, grand theft auto lately, but I still yank people out of the cars frequently. Well, there you go. And then, and then I do the Chinese fire drills too. Do the kids <laughs> still do that? The Chinese fire drills? You know, I'm not sure. We should, uh, that should be something that we teach, teach kids, I think, because uh, we used to do that in high school, and I don't know why we got a kick out of it. You know what else we used to do back in the day? What's that? We used to, we used to call it hopping. We'd hop, we'd grab the bumper of a car, and then just slide in the snow down the street. I've never heard of that, but. Yes. It's powerful. That would be fun to do, too. Yeah, you just wait for a car to stop at the light, and you run up behind and grab the bumper and just go surfing. Oh, nice. So like uh, Back to the Future on the skateboard. Yes. And the ultimate was the hardcore kids are doing on the back of the bus. <laughs> you were talking last episode about your powerful beard. Yes. What's the update? The update is uh, it's gone. I've got powerful 
stubble right now. I shaved it off yesterday as part of my promise for people raising money for Second Harvest Food Shelf. We raised $500, so the beard came off. And uh, it was weird. I, so I, I got home from work. I was working night shift. Uh, shaved it all off in the morning when I got home. And then uh, I woke up the next day, and uh, my daughter promptly couldn't stop laughing at me. She was crying so hard. And then uh, I walked downstairs to do some laundry, and I could feel the breeze <laughs> walking down the stairs on my face, which was uh, was fun, funny, and and unexpected. I forgot what it's like to have a bald face. It's been four years. You need to shave your melon, too. Just take it all down. Down with a bick, you think? Well, you don't have to go that far. Just just take off the guard. Just shave it down. Shave it down. We'll see what happens. We There was conversations this morning about people cutting my hair, so we'll see what happens. What we, do they you might mean, talk me into it. Uh, it. It was a breakfast conversation today about haircuts, and uh, more than one person sitting at my breakfast table this morning were trying to talk me into buying some clippers and taking it down. So Powerful. We'll see. It might happen. You never know. Yes. Embrace the baldness. That's what I say. Now, today on uh, this powerful episode, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a couple movie reviews, powerful beer review, and also song of the day. Let's kick it off, Mike Rez, with song of the day. What do you got? All right. Well, the song of the day that I picked is one that uh, people may or may not remember, depending on how old they are or what they were doing at this time. But I, I'm picking the 19. 19- 85 hit Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. Oh my God, Falco. Yes. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish if they're not familiar with that Austrian beast. And I'm not talking about Arnold. Tell us about the other Falco. Austrian beast. Yes, Falco was born in 1957, uh, uh, February 19th, 1957, which uh, also happens to be my uh, niece's birthday not the same year but that uh that day his parent apparently his parents were they got off on 57 chevys that's what i heard yeah i get off on 57. <laughs> oh by the so, way uh before we get into this powerful song of the day i must interrupt because i am the host the master of the show i got a yes. message on facebook someone said our podcast is not long enough it should we should be twice as long Twice as long. Yes, should be should be <laughs> twice as long and uh, more powerful ramblings. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So let's well, ramble. Think, on. I think we can do that. Absolutely. What should we ramble on about? Should we go back to song of the day or talk about our favorite uh, cheeses again? Let's do song of the day. <laughs> right. So yeah, so Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. His I didn't. I just found this out not too long ago. His real name is uh, Johann Holzel. Which, uh, Johan. Yeah, which is just like, I didn't expect, uh, that, that name, but hey, there you go. What name did you expect? I, I don't know. Something other, some other Australian or Austrian name, I guess. Uh, Johan, I guess fits, but Holzel probably isn't the name I was expecting, but you know, it's whatever. It is what it is at this point. Can't do anything to change it now. But yeah, so Falco, uh, was a pop star. He started uh, at really young age, 16, making music. Uh, turned out to be a complete jackass uh, to work with. Uh, not a lot of people were 
very happy to work with him. Um, and then he releases this song, Rock Me Amadeus, which uh, became a hit uh, in 1985 in German, in Germany, excuse me. Um, and then in 1986, it became a hit here in the United States. Now, there's two different versions. There's the English version, which uh, pretty much just had like English uh, uh, narration to it. But the, the German version was the one that was the big hit everywhere uh, across the world. Uh, it got to the U.S. Hot 100. It peaked at number 28. But uh, there's lots of dance club mixes to this. A lot of people changed it up, remixed it. Went huge everywhere else. Um, hit number one in a lot of countries, number two in some countries. But unfortunately, Falco died trying to make a comeback uh, at the age of 40. Just before his 41st birthday, he died from complications of a car accident when his uh, vehicle he was driving hit a bus in the Dominican Republic. He was, you know, he was trying to make a comeback, uh, and uh, he was almost there. And then, and then tragedy struck because, uh, I mean, who knows what happened in that car accident? But at the time, he was having a lot of uh, substance abuse problems, like cheese. Like cheese. Yep, he was way into cheese, snorting it, smoking it, all sorts of stuff, melting it. That's probably the worst of it when you melt it. You know what my pet peeve is? You're talking about snorting cheese. Mm -hmm. I hate when people say they're sniffing cocaine. How do you sniff coke? It's not like you go, it's not like you go, let me see what it smells like. It smells this. Mm, that smells good. No, you snort it. Now I got to cut in with Falco. My, one of my uh, powerful songs I remember mm -hmm. is Der Commissar, 1981. Yes, yes that was uh, surprisingly uh, not a big hit in the U.S. at the time when it came out, um, but it got more popular. As time went on, when I look in the in the U.S., it uh, topped off at number seventy-four when it was released. Um, but years later, it started climbing the the mainstream rock chart and peaked at twenty-two. Well, I so, think most people remember it when it got covered by After the Fire, about a year later. And right. band did a recording, obviously the English version. Rock Me Amadeus was his biggest hit in the U.S., and that's the one that a lot of people know of his so i enjoy you remember that the sad song on that album on falco three tell us about the sad song jenny it's about uh a lost love that he was trying to win back so and apparently he made a sequel to that song on one of his other albums so i haven't heard that one but it's called jenny a year later you remember her phone number right oh yeah the eight six seven five three oh nine who yeah. can i turn to Powerful. Uh, powerful. Another Felco song I enjoyed was Vienna Calling. Yeah, that's another good one, too. Powerful. Vienna Calling. Yep. The Sound of uh, Music, M-U-S-I-K, was another one. That was a, one of his uh, big hits. Not to and be then, confused uh, with Pop Music by M. Do you remember that song? That pop, pop, pop music. Yes, powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I actually, I'm going to want to listen to that song when yes, we're done. Yes, you here. are. A song that I, I've never heard of, but it became number one on the, uh, or no, I'm sorry, that, that didn't become number one, but it was a hit for him, was Out of the Dark. This was released after he died. Whoa, kind of like Tupac. <laughs> yes, just like Tupac. It uh, was big hit in Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. 
And uh, I've never heard of it because it never made it to the U.S. apparently. No, there's a lot of, it's kind of weird, like the British charts too. What charts right. there doesn't chart here and vice versa. It's like uh, some movies too. Uh, some movies that are flops here are big in other countries. and Some movies never make it to the United States that are big everywhere else. So, what I, what I hate about movies, you know, recently is what they would do is they didn't really even care. Almost, it seems like they didn't care how it released here because they would just make a ton of mo- money overseas on it. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. hated that. You know, they'd make some generic movie like the Transformers and they could play it in China. Or Japan. Big over in Japan, too, I'm sure. They like robot movies. Yes, we're big uh, in like Japan, this- too. Yeah, we are huge in Japan. Huge. Yes, I want to thank everyone that listens to this powerful podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter 24-7, at Amish B Machine. Go to Instagram, follow us there, YouTube. We're going to need you to go to Facebook, like our Facebook page. And wherever you get podcasts, please leave a review. Five stars is the highest review. Rate us. That will unlock the secrets to Mike Rez's beard. Mm. Mike Rez, you have a powerful podcast too. Do you want to tell the kids a little bit about that? Yeah, the 945 show is available on a lot of platforms. Check it out. Lots of uh, interviews with independent music, musicians, songwriters, singers uh, from here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, the two newest episodes are up, uh, released on the same day, two in one day, uh, which is unheard of in the podcasting world. It's usually one a week. I did two in one day. Now let's talk about the movies we saw. Do you want to talk about the movies or do you want to get into a beer review? Let's make the flock wait a little bit on the movies. Let's do the beer review first or into the beer. Now a lot, a lot of people are into the alcohol now, now that we're, uh, locked down. Yes. And we started this last week. So this is a new a new segment we're doing. Why don't you do the toast right now? The toast? Yeah, I like to toast. Yes, the Flock of Amish. Oh, geez, I, don't, I wasn't really prepared. How, do, how does it go? You have to send me the script on how this goes. Everybody, oh, what, what, are you, what are you drinking right now? Yes, oh. exactly. What are we drinking? I'm drinking powerful Dasani water. I think it's Italian. What are you drinking, Mike Rez? I'm drinking powerful tap water that was filtered through Brita, the island Whoa. of Brita. Yeah, Rita. Yeah, it's uh, it's imported off yes. the coast of Madagascar. Wow, I don't even know where uh, yeah. that is. Where is that? Uh, it's in an ocean. Is it one of the Great there. Lakes? Um, well, it has to be now. It's next to Madeline Island, I think. Yep. Powerful. So we're uh, we're drinking that. So uh, we're gonna need everybody to raise their glass. Yes. Am I doing it okay so far? Powerfully. Okay. Uh, and. Cheers to the flock of Cheers. God bless you people. We love you. I'll do better next time. No, that's fine. I I like to put people on the spot. Yeah. I like to ramble and stumble and (laughs) fumble. It's all good. All right. So today, so last week we started, we're going to call the segment good beer versus shit beer. And uh, last week we did a shit beer and uh, you can go back to listen to last week's episode. I'm not going to tell you what it was because you have to go back and listen to it. Uh, but this week we're doing a good beer. This is a local craft beer from the Urban Growler Brewery here in St. Paul. And uh, I tried their Cowbell Cream Ale. 
for the uh, beer nerds out there, it's 5.2% alcohol by volume, and its IBU is at 20. Dags, if you ask me what IBU means, I couldn't tell you. I know it's something, the U means unit, and that's all I can can come up with. Give us the name one more time. Cowbell Cream Ale. Cowbell? Cream Ale, yep. Mm. So it's a cream ale. It's a, a light lager. It's it's pretty light, actually. It's not going to fill you up. Um, I enjoyed three pints last night um, because you can you can buy them in the in the pint can. That's how all of uh, Urban Growler's beers are available from the liquor store. So um, it's pretty crisp. It's got a nice light finish. And uh, when I talk about a crisp crisp finish or crisp feeling, that's when you get like the the carbonation or the little tingling sensation in the back of your mouth, right? Right as the beer goes down. Uh, and it's not going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth like an IPA can. So, and it actually goes really well if you eat anything with bacon. So if you got like a BLT or like a cheeseburger with bacon on it, or you're just eating bacon right out of the package, this beer is going to go really good with it. Look at that. You even got a food pairing with Whoa. this one. Yeah. Tell us about the artwork. Oh, the artwork. Um, on this particular can, it's it's red and black, mainly. Uh, the cow picture is just a cow head, and that's a silhouette, and that's in like a silver. There's a cowbell, of course, on it, because cowbell female. Why wouldn't you put a cowbell on it? The urban growler is positioned prominently over the head of the cow. Please ask your local liquor store to stock up on urban growler cowbell cream ale if you're in the twin cities chances are your liquor store already has it ibu that's what you asked about yes ibu it's some kind of a unit like i think it's like some kind of a gravity unit or something international bitterness unit oh there you go so it's a 20 it's a gauge of the bitterness yeah an ipa i think is usually around like 65 60 ish somewhere around there yeah so it's it's awesome it's it's one of my favorite beers. It's the Urban Growler Cowbell Cream Ale. I didn't the do one cowbell joke here. either. Thank you. Not one. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So demand it at your local liquor store. So that is a thumbs up. You enjoyed three pints. Yep. If we're doing like, so we do uh, movie reviews. We do the uh, buggy wheels. So I think if if we're going to do these beer reviews, we should do like a uh, pint glasses out of five pint glasses. And I would give this five pint glasses. Whoa, five out of five. Five out of five. Last week's, I would have given a two, two pint glasses. So that goes to show you that this is heads, heads and tails above what people should be trying out there. Powerful review. Thank you. And now you know what an IBU is. I'll forget next week. Nope, because the beer nerds will be on you. <laughs> Good. I I guarantee you that some of them were listening to that review and it was like, oh my God. Yes. This guy's horrible. Yes. But you but, need that, you know. Yeah, whatever. You got to stir them up. Now let's get into some movies. My theme was dirty. So we went with The Dirty Dozen and Dirty Harry. Two classic, powerful, alpha male movies. Let's start off with Dirty Harry. All right. Let's Give do us it. the breakdown on Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, starring Clint Eastwood, Andy Robinson, Harry Gardino, 
Rani Sant- Santoni, and John Vernon. Let's start off with the quick. Well, let's let's do a quick trivia question. Yes, let's on, do let's do trivia. John Vernon played the mayor. What other movie was he in around that time that people would probably recognize him from? Well, first tell us what year that movie came out. Uh, Dirty Harry came out in 1971. Uh, the movie that I'm thinking, or the other movie that I'm thinking about, I can quickly look that up here to find out. Uh, yeah, give us the year of the out. movie you're talking about. Okay, hold on one second. It's got to bring it up here. Are you using dial-up or what? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the uh, the way that some of these things happen. We don't want there excuses. We want results. You got it? 19, 1978 was the other movie. Wow. Yeah, so I guess not, not around the same time, but <laughs> same decade. 78? <laughs> yeah, so 71, John Vernon's in this movie. 1978 was the movie that I'm thinking about that everybody will know him from, though. So what was Jaws, 77? Uh, yeah, I believe Jaws was 77. Okay, you got me. What is it? National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, my God. There you go. Dean, Dean Warmer. Yes. Was who John Vernon is. Plays another authority figure in Dirty Harry as the mayor. That's how he's listed in the credits. So never, never had a name. He was just the mayor. I know. It was cool. <laughs> so, okay. So Dirty Harry. 1971 it's a uh, action thriller that is a about a san francisco inspector by the name of harry callahan aka dirty harry and uh the film itself uh drew upon the real life case of the zodiac killer because uh, the zodiac killer was around that time dirty harry has to track down a psychopath that likes to leave letters, cause havoc, kill people for no reason. And uh, he's trying to get rich. You know, he's asking for $200,000 to live out the rest of his life, I guess. Yeah, that was a lot of scratch back then. Dirty Harry spawned to four other movies, uh, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, Sudden Impact, and Deadpool. And uh, Sudden Impact was actually directed by Clint Eastwood himself. So that was the third sequel. Uh, so there's actually like five Dirty Harry movies. So And then there was The Gauntlet, which seemed like a Dirty Harry movie, but it wasn't. It was His character's name was Ben Shockley in that one, I believe. Ben Shockley. Yeah, so uh, lots, of, uh, like, lots of alpha male characters in this uh, movie. And so he has to find this uh, killer all the while trying to train in a new partner that he got. So Chico Gonzalez, um, who's a rookie, um, and of course, Dirty Harry hates partners. And his last two partners, one of them died and the other one got hurt or something like that. So you didn't want to be his partner at all. No, he's a one-man army. Yeah. So he uh, he was having trouble with that, but they seemed to work out pretty good. It was cool because that movie spawned all the cool cop movies. And it had all the cliches, you know, like the dick mayor and the police chief that doesn't like them. Yeah, it uh, definitely had a lot of those cop cliches. Now, I also saw that um, when this movie came out, there was a lot of protests around it afterwards because people were saying that it, it glorified police brutality. 
because of the uh, Dirty Harry character. Um, but I, I don't know how that would uh, that would glorify it. I mean, I don't think cops were going out beating the crap out of people because Clint Eastwood was doing it. It was also a period of time when there was a ton of crime and people were kind right. of fed up. And this was a cool escape to have a dude like him, you know, anti-hero like Clint Eastwood, just go kick ass. And he right. had this powerful 44 Magnum. The most powerful handgun in the world could blow your head saying. clean off. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> did I take six shots? <laughs> well, did I? Yeah, punk. Yeah, powerful. <laughs> one-liners. Yeah. I mean, that's why Arnold movies are so cool with the powerful one-liners. But Clint Eastwood. Freaking awesome. And I liked it. It was filmed as like a neo-noir type movie. Did you right, notice yeah. the cool night shots where they used a lot of blue, blue lights, I did. heavy yep. shadows? Now, I think we talked about this in one of the other reviews we talked about. Um, a lot of this movie was filmed at night in the 70s. So coming over your screen on Netflix, it was pretty dark in some spots. So it's almost like you're watching a black screen couldn't really see what the heck was going on yeah you definitely don't want to watch it during the day the daytime you get any uh, glare off your screen <laughs> right yeah you won't be able to see anything cool, a lot of cool shots did you notice that one cool shot at the, the football field where it was almost like a drone shot yeah i did notice that that was wow pretty, that was pretty cool i like the uh the the rock quarry scene at the end that was pretty sweet yes what'd you think of the bad guy uh he was kind of you know for the time even for now he would be a creepy bad guy so yeah kind of reminded me of uh, uh the silence of the lambs yes that kind of creepy yes. bad guy i guess he played it so well that he was typecast that people didn't want him because they just thought he was a psycho <laughs> that's when you know you're really good at your your job i guess no i mean he did a great job that dude was just nuts yeah uh, and, uh, and that was uh, Andy Robinson, yeah, Scorp- Scorpio. And uh, I'll give you a trivia: What powerful '80s movie was he in? He was in uh, '80s movie. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at his career right now. I see he was in a Star Trek episode. Yeah, he was Deep Space Nine, uh, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mask Cobra. Cobra was the one you're thinking of, isn't it? Well, that too. But I was thinking Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, Larry Cotton. That's who he played. Yeah. Yeah, he's dude is awesome. Yeah, he was in uh wow, he was in uh Pumpkinhead too. Oh yes, Pumpkinhead. Puppet Masters. Oh, I love Puppet Masters. Child's Play Three. Yeah, lots of horror movies. Um, I see in his television life, he was in Bonanza for one episode. Yes. Um and Kojak. Yes. Ooh, oh, that's a little tie, tie in, in there. Tie yeah. into our powerful <laughs> second movie. Yep, he was in the Incredible Hulk. For one episode, yes. I mean, my God, the A Team, Heart to Heart. I mean, that's two of my favorites growing up. Moonlighting, Rock Hudson. I mean, geez, Louise, this guy was good. Yeah, and some things I noticed, like, did you see when they did the shot of just his eyes? It was just like Dracula. That was a cool yeah. shot. Yeah. Would they? Would you say they was ahead of its time as far as uh, process of filming a movie would go? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. It, I mean, it. I loved all the. You, you see him now as cliches, but that kind of just brought them all on, you know, back then. Right. Well, that's a, I think we talked about it with Nighthawks too. And, uh, you look at it and you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, well, that's the dumb cliche. But back then those weren't the cliches back then. Those were, <laughs> that was it. people were seeing it for the first time going, wow, that was cool. 
Yeah, I love Clint yeah. Eastwood, and I love the Dirty Harry movie because he's pissed off character. He's pissed off all the time. <laughs> no joy at all. No. And then you find out, you find out why you know his wife was killed. Right. You know his partner is so. It's kind of like the you know the the cop character like in Heat, Al Pacino. You know he's just he's just burned out, and that's all he knows how to do, and he takes it home with him. Right. Just com- a complete ass all the time. But you cheer for him. No, yeah. I, I love I love Clint Eastwood. So uh, let's go to the buggy wheels. Uh, I'm going to give this one a four. Four buggy wheels because it's, it's, cl- it's a classic. It really is. <laughs> How about you? How many buggy wheels are you giving it? Well, let me think. Last couple of reviews, we've always said the same thing. I was right. going to say four too. I'm going to okay. say four or five. Okay. That sounds good. I like the peeping Tom scene too. It was kind of cool. <laughs> that one, what was her name? Hot Rita? <laughs> he was peeping in on Hot Rita and her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a violent yeah. movie too, wasn't it? It was pretty violent. Yeah. For, uh, for bag that's not, not a lot of blood and guts, but it's, it's pretty violent. Yeah. There's yeah. some blood, but not yeah. like grotesque amount of blood. Like if they were to make it now, it would probably be pretty, pretty bloody. And I like how it's a snapshot in time. That's why I like it too. You get to see the city, what it looked like back in the early seventies. Yeah. Cause they filmed a lot of that on location in San Francisco, different parts of the city actually. So wasn't a lot of sets. Uh, 357. Uh, now there's a fine weapon, but I've seen 38s bounce off of windshields. <laughs> yeah. This definitely had uh, some pretty cool sound editing on this one and in fact the next movie we talk about got an academy award for sound editing dirty harry this is one of those movies that you should watch in its entirety it's an r-rated movie because a lot of it's been on tv forever and when you see it with commercials and you see it chopped up and the it's you know it's got a lot of raw language in it i think it's a, a whole different movie when you see it start to finish unedited versus the tv versions God, I'm I'm gonna have to get some I'm gonna have to get some powerful artwork or a t-shirt. And speaking of t-shirts, I'm gonna need you to check out our merch, Amishbabymachine.com. Powerful t-shirts, powerful stickers, mugs, hoodies, whatever you need, we have it. Powerful merch. It's a great way to help support this indie podcast. Also, another way is patreon.com. We have links on Amishbabymachine.com. We have a second movie. If one wasn't enough, mm-hmm. tell the kids a flock of Amish about our second movie. The second movie we did was The Dirty Dozen. This one was made in 1967. It's a war film about World War II, starring Lee Marvin and featuring the ensemble cast of Ernest Bordnine, Charles Bronson, Jim Brown, John Cassavetes. Robert Ryan, Telly Savalas is in this one, Robert Weber, and a very young Donald Sutherland was in this one. Yes, what a powerful ensemble cast. I mean, George Kennedy was in this one too. So, a young George Kennedy. Everybody was young in this movie, 1967. Except for Lee Marvin, he looked like he was still old. (laughs) God, I love (laughs) Lee Marvin. Yeah. Let's get into it. Tell us about this powerful movie. All right, so Lee Marvin plays a major John Reisman, and he is ordered by the commander 
that would be Sam Warden, played by Ernest Bordnine, to go to a prison and scoop up 12 prisoners uh, that were are either scheduled to die or they're again they were sentenced to hard labor 20 to 30 years of hard labor and what they have to do is train for a mission to invade and pretty much like an officer's hotel in germany during world war ii and a chateau and uh so raid it kill as many officers as possible and then get out and uh try to uh get on with your lives after that because lee marvin strikes a deal uh with his major general that anybody that comes in to this program and leaves uh will probably get their sentence uh revoked and they'll be free to to go on with their lives and get a uh discharge from the army um with their full rank reinstated so this was like the the mission just before d-day and uh lots of lots of funny scenes um telly savalas has uh I don't know if he, I would say he's got the best character, but he's got the best name. Maggot. Character, Maggot, which goes to show you what kind of character that is just by the name itself. Now, Telly Savalas in there is cool. He's a cross between Dave Attell and Vic Tabak. Dave Vic Attell, Tabak. powerful comedian, and Vic mm-hmm. Tabak from Alice. Dingy! Order up! <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Telly Savalas, I, I dug into his background a little bit. After watching, I mean, everybody knows him as, as Kojak, um, but I, I, I either didn't know or I didn't remember that he had a singing career. Um, Telly Savalas, did you know that? I did. I think his finest okay. role was on uh, Battle of the Network Stars. Okay. And Gabe Kaplan and uh, Bob Conrad. So they okay. race. Oh, it's powerful. <laughs> Everyone's on there. Uh, Battle of the, Battle Network, of the Network Stars. Stars. I'll write it down in the show notes. Yeah. Now, uh, Telly Savalas had a one hit uh, in the UK called If. And I want everybody to, the flock needs to YouTube this one. There's a video on YouTube. And I want everybody to listen to it and tell me if that was worth a one hit wonder. Telly Savalas It? If. I F. If. Yep. Great, great singing chops in that movie or in that uh, video, that song. Check it out. If you can get through all of it, I'll be amazed. Back to the movie. Uh, yeah, so Lee Marvin goes. He has to. He quickly learns what everybody's in for. Tries to uh, learn their personalities before they go off training. Um, of course, there's always the one wild card, and his name is Franco. What do you think of the Franco character? Franco was cool. So when I was watching this, all I could think of is the movie Stripes. Sure. All the (laughs) all the similarities to it. I was thinking, like, um, you know, like Franco. He reminded me of Psycho. And you guys touch me, and I'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He Francis. Yeah. So he reminded me of Francis from uh, Stripes. The the general reminded me of of John Larroquette. You know that breed. Oh, yep. (laughs) He reminded me of him. So there was a lot of uh. Uh, Lee Marvin reminded me of Sergeant Hulka from Stripes. There's a lot of similarities. And when I, when I was watching that, I was like, yeah, I bet you Harold Ramis pulled a lot of that from uh, the Dirty Dozen. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. There was a lot of uh, uh, movies 
and uh, adaptations and remakes based on this movie. So, because you know how um, they were a ragtag bunch, and then in stripes right. they were a ragtag bunch, ragtag bunch yeah. too. Yep. So. Where you been training, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, it's kind of funny. They they had that hard ass MP in the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Who uh, you know goes through the whole movie trying to be the the tough prison guard first, and then he's the tough drill sergeant all of a sudden, and now he's you know, fighting alongside him in this mission. And all of a sudden now he's, he cares about who lives and who dies. So <laughs> it's pretty funny to see his character go from, you know, you guys are all prison pukes to now you're my brother in arms. Yeah, Let's get they, this they, done. they built a kinship. <laughs> yeah. Because so. he, Lee Marvin took these this ragtag bunch and made him into a powerful brotherhood, a fighting force. Right. Because remember he noticed that they're talking about us and we instead of individuals. Yeah, the turning point in the movie when Franco decides they're not shaving in cold water anymore. Screw that. And Which that, does suck, yes. by the way. <laughs> and this was actually based on a real-life group of guys called the, the Filthy 13. Right. In World Correct. War II. Yeah, so this was based off of a true story. One of the uh, remakes that I was uh, reading about, The Dirty Dozen, The Fatal Mission, starred everyone's favorite California Highway Patrolman Eric Estrada. Oh my God! Isn't he punch powerful? Yes. See, well, yeah. I bet he takes his sunglasses on and off a thousand times in that one. Yes. So that was a 1988 remake, by the way. Probably smiled a lot. Showed his powerful teeth. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you have to. So, out of all the characters, you're saying Telly Savalas was your favorite? No, I. He wasn't my favorite. He was just. Uh, uh, you know, somebody that stood out, um, definitely a character that you root for how his end comes for me. Anyway, I kind of like, uh, so Jim Brown, the former Cleveland Browns running back and who is the other big guy? I don't even know. Oh they, yeah. yeah. Clint Walker. The actors. Posey. Yeah. He's six, six in real life. Yeah. I could see that. He just so, died six, recently. Six. He's like he 90 really? years old. Really? Yeah. He was, uh, his finest role was in Killdozer. Killdozer. (laughs) Are you familiar with Killdozer? (laughs) No, but it sounds like I should be. Yeah, it's this powerful uh, meteorite hits, and then it's got this powerful alien entity, and it takes over a bulldozer and starts running people over. It's powerful. Killdozer. Killdozer. I'm going to have to. (laughs) I'm going to have to uh, look that one up for sure. No, yeah, but that dude is, I mean, he's a big dude. You saw in the movie. That was not camera tricks. He's almost 6'7". He was huge. Yeah, so that was 1974, Killdozer. Looks like he was a a Western Western star TV series. Yeah, he was a big, good-looking guy, you know. Strapping young man, as the ladies would say. Yeah, but yeah, his his character was pretty funny. I like how he was, he had a temper but didn't want to, you know, didn't he's, want to let yeah, that he's out. Yeah, a gentle giant. <laughs> right. Lee Marvin's pushing him. He's like, I don't like being pushed. Yeah, literally don't push him too far. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, and then uh, everybody, of course, uh, at the end, you know, they all die heroes, most of them. So um, th- the one guy that uh, I it was like super anticlimactic was right after they, they jumped out of the airplane. And the one guy doesn't even... <laughs> Make it to the crowd. You know, I think uh, you know, Mr. Kildozer and Charles Bronson were late 
at the rendezvous point and they were asking him what happened. And they said they found the other guy hung up in an apple tree with his neck snapped. Jim Brown. <laughs> I think Jim Brown showed up late. Yeah. Somebody is like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> it's like, that's it. That character just dies in an apple tree. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't even get to the last battle. So. No, there, yeah, it was cool. I liked to There's a little uh, tense moments in the Chateau. Right. It reminded yeah. me of Mission Impossible. You know, when they always yeah. had to go to these fancy parties and kind of blend in. Right. They did a good job of blending in. Now, how do you think, uh, or what what do you think about the the way they disposed of the officers at the end? Was it did it seem pretty dark to you, or was that just <laughs> or, or just did the they way war coming? is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, was, kill or be killed. Yeah. It. I liked how it took down the whole chateau. Yes, exactly. Uh, that, that was powerful. <laughs> it just it was a chain reaction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I like Jim how, Brown did his best. Yeah, Charles Bronson was in there too. We get, we can't forget him. Death Wish. Right. He knows yeah. how to kill people. <laughs> and he's That's also, probably where he learned how to kill everybody. Well, and he also learned German. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was pretty sweet of him to to learn that just for this. Yeah, I I, I loved it. Lee, Lee, that was a, a bunch of badass people in there. Lee Marvin's yeah. badass, isn't he? Yeah, Lee Marvin is uh, a kick-ass yeah. dude. And I liked how he just, he just had all this wisdom, you know? Right. And he could just like, even that dude, that big, huge, uh, posy guy, you know, he right. just took him out. Yeah. No, Lee Marvin actually did serve in world war two. Yeah. He, he was, so, uh, got a purple heart, the yes. Navy commendation, yes. combat action ribbon, presidential unit citation, yes. American campaign medal, Asiatic Pacific campaign medal, and the World War II victory medal. Wow. So he was a he was a badass in real life. Yes. Yeah, actors with. back then were badass and that was a badass group of people. I liked in the ending credits. They they showed him. It was just it reminded me of the ending credits of Predator, another powerful movie. Uh-huh. Where they where they show him. You know, like in the in the hospital bed. No, after that they show a little. If you keep going, the actual credits oh, and the yeah, rolling yeah. credits. Yeah, right. And they name off everybody yeah. who passed or died. Yes. Yep. Yep. I did see that. That that so. makes it a, a cool war movie. When you that's why Predator was so cool. It had all the different, you know, the characters. They had Blaine. They had Billy. Right. That's, those military movies, those army movies are so cool because they have those ensemble, the, the ragtag group of people, and they each all have their quirks and the different characters. That's why people love those movies so much. Right. All right. Here's a question for you. Lee Marvin versus the Predator. Who wins? Lee Marvin versus the Predator. Wow. That is a powerful yeah. question. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to go with the wisdom of Lee Marvin. Yeah, but he probably would do it straightforward. Cause, I mean, because Dutch, you know, took him out. Right. Well, you know, Dutch Dutch made all those booby traps and, you know, whittled down some spikes. Yes, Lee Marvin he, he, would have yeah. just kicked his ass with his fist, I think. Lee Marvin would have did some uh, judo throw. Right. Something. Yeah, he would have sidestepped him. Yep. No, Lee Marvin's badass. I, I was reading, um, doing my research for The Dirty Dozen. They're actually thinking of doing some kind of show or, or redoing the movie. That would be interesting to see. Who would you cast? It's a good question. You'd, you'd have to have Jason Statham in there somewhere. Yes. Uh, because he's a badass. You know they're going to throw the rock in there. Just yeah, they have to throw the rock in there. Uh, Vin Diesel, maybe? Vin Diesel. They don't get along, but yeah, I could see that. Yep. Uh, Chris Pratt. Okay, yep. Um, John Cena? 
John Cena. Yeah, he's getting bigger. He'd have to he'd have to shave his head though if he wants to be in it. No, not John Cena with hair. Can't okay. take him seriously. Besides, everybody else is gonna get be bald anyway in that movie. Jeez, who else would you put in there? They have to be a cool athlete or rapper. Ludacris is too old, so you can't put him in there. Luda. Maybe how about Fifty Cent? You could throw him in there. Yeah. Or Chadwick Boseman, uh, yeah. the Black Panther. He'll be in there. Yes. I'm trying to think of who would be like the cool Lee Marvin type. Cloris Leachman. Is she still alive? Cloris, Cloris Leachman. She would be pretty badass in that. Betty White. If we're going to go that route, let's put Betty White in there. I don't know. She's uh, overdone. I like B. Arthur. B. Arthur. She yes. can play, play a maggot. B. Arthur versus Predator. Oh. <laughs> well. Now you're getting controversial. I don't know if we should even touch that because everybody knows B. Arthur would kick Predator's Oh, my ass. God. Can you imagine that? What would she wear? What would her uh, costume be? Well, whatever she wore for uh, Golden Girls. Oh, it would be? Oh, yeah. It has to be. All right. So free-flowing shirt because you could move around a lot. Smock. You know, a smock, loose-fitting uh, pants because you're probably going to have to do some kicks or something. Comfortable shoes. So, oh, yeah. Orthopedic shoes. She'd probably have some cool uh, turquoise brooch or something she could throw, kind of like Crow's oh. Blade. Oh, yeah, definitely. God, I love B. Arthur. We should try to get her on the show. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the kind of humor I bring to the show. Yes, powerful humor. Thank you, Mike Rez. Now, the Dirty Dozen out of five buggy wheels, where are you at? Oh, it's the Dirty Dozen. I mean, this is a, a movie that you could watch and just, It'll bring a smile to your face. Uh, you got to give this one five buggy wheels. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I guess you don't have to, but I'm going to. Yeah. How about you? I enjoyed it. I enjoy Ernest Borgnine. Normally he's dumb, kind of goofy in his roles. And this one, he was uh, smart. Straight shooter. Yeah. And I kind of liked how he he figured out what was going on and just went along with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so during the war games. Yeah. yeah. I love Ernest Borgnine. Love. Uh, Powerful actor, powerful taxi cab driver. I'm going to go mm-hmm. uh, 4.5 on this. 4.5. All right. So pretty high up. And if people like the Rotten Tomatoes rating, it's still getting an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, powerful show tonight, powerful beer review, powerful two movies with the dirty theme, Dirty Harry mm. and the Dirty Dozen and the song of the day, Belco. Thank you, everyone that listens to this powerful episode. Thank you, thank you, Mike Rez, for your powerful thank you, contributions. Dags. Thank you. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.